Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that, that seems to be the decision. All down. Oh. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another edition of Horsepower Happenings. A brand new season of Horsepower Happenings is upon us. That's right, the calendar turns to February. Speed weeks are in full swing, and that means a new season of Horsepower Happenings. Stay tuned. We'll talk about some of the great things we have coming up for season six but first a look at what's happening in a motor city minute we talk about speed weeks being well underway well new smyrna's world series is about to be underway brent cruz took donnie wilson motorsports to victory lane in new smyrna for the red eye super late model win the red eye 50 50 the unofficial official tune-up for the world stock car festival which is coming up i said world series um, and then I just said World Stock Car Festival. It's the World Series, World Stock Car Festival in Winchester on Labor Day weekend. Jason Vale, by the way, went to victory lane in the 50-lap pro late model event. Dave Frenick and Ryan Timms split the USCS weekend at Hendry County Motorsports Park in the 360 wing sprint car action. They'll return to racing this Friday at Milton Speedway. And Tim McCready broke through for a Speed Week's win at Alltech Raceway Park, or just Alltech Raceway, the park, Part is coming up. Breaking up the RTJ and Hudson O'Neill dominated start for the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. And the old guy scores one in LA. Denny Hamlin knocks off the kids and wins the clash at the Coliseum in the not postponed but technically rescheduled clash that was held on Saturday night. Those things and so much more happening tonight. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France at a tiki bar somewhere in florida he's on vacation and uh, was scheduled to be uh, working or watching rather the uh, lucas oil late model dirt series event this monday night from east bay raceway but mother nature intervened that event has been postponed what hasn't been postponed though is dirt car ump modifieds at volusia a lot of area drivers um have been down there racing they were at east bay now they move on to Volusia Speedway Park at the time of this recording on a Monday night. One of the locals got it done. Brian Ruhlman goes to victory lane in feature race number one at Volusia. 20 laps the distance. He held off Clayton Bryant. Those two started 1-2, finished 1-2. Michael Turner rounded out the podium. Other notables, Brad DeYoung in sixth in that feature. 
And uh, that pretty much, uh, Mark Anderson uh, finishes 17th. A tough night for Mark in that one. Also at the time of this recording, feature race number two wrapped up. And notable, Shannon Fisk, the Lowell, Michigan driver, finished fourth, started first, uh, fourth. Dylan Nussbaum up one spot, finishes fifth. Kurt Spaulding up two to finish sixth. Zeke McKenzie seventh. Almost a uh, HPH regional driver uh, stacked heat race there in heat race number two. So nice job by those drivers. On to heat race number three, which will be concluded by the well by the time you hear this uh, podcast. Uh, drivers notable in heat race number three include nobody. Heat race number three doesn't include everybody. Everybody that uh, we listen and talk about may have been in those first two. Uh, looking through my race pass right now, uh, live, if you will. Heat race number four, John McClure will start outside of row number seven. Uh, we'll check and see where he ends up. Keep an eye on those guys this week. Feature number five, how about that? David Stremme going to lead the field to green. Trent Young in the 10Y outside of Michael Long in uh, the third row. And that uh, pretty much does it for that feature. Feature number six. Will Krupp, who used to drive around these parts uh, back in the American Ethanol Modified days, will start on the outside of row number one. And uh, that's a stretch for a regional driver in feature number six. We'll keep you posted. Look for updates on those on the Horsepower Happenings website. Another schedule was released over the week. Hartford Speedway released their 2024 schedule of events. Um... Matter of fact, they released it over the weekend. The long-awaited Hartford Speedway is out. They'll kick things off on Saturday, May 4th with their spring enduro. The regular circle track racing begins Friday, May 10th. Modified super stocks and cyber stocks. And then the Great Lakes Super Sprints invade on Friday, May 17th. They'll have their first night of destruction Saturday, June 1st. Great Lakes Super Sprints back in action on Friday, June 14th. They'll have a monster truck show on Saturday, June the 22nd. Midwest Modifieds, um, excuse me, Midwest Compacts with Modifieds and uh, Super Stocks and Enduro will be in action on Friday, June 28th. They'll have a fireworks special on Wednesday, July 3rd. Then the Dirt Car UMP Summer National Hell Tour rolls into town on Wednesday, July 10th. Night of Destruction on Saturday, July 27th. Into August, Great Lakes Super Sprints on Friday, August 9th. And that's it for the month of August at Hartford. And then September, Midwest Compacts, Stock Car Special on Saturday, September 21st. And the Night of Destruction wraps things up on Saturday, September 28th. So there you go for the month of September and the entire Hartford Speedway schedule. That, of course, is available at Hartford Speedway, Hartford Motor Speedway's Facebook page, and check it out on their website. Well, as we make our way into interviews tonight, it's my pleasure to welcome on a guy who we had on, um, man, it's been probably seven months or so ago, after he won his first feature event of 2024, and now we're honored to bring him back on the program as a champion for Merritt Speedway and the Dirt Car UMP Late Models. Ryan Lanfeard, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Good to be here, Zach. Well, I tell you, you know, the two times before this that we talked, it was uh, talking about how you were hanging it up and you were done, 
And if you go back and you listen to our interview with you in May, you said that your son looked at you and said, I don't want to race unless you are going to race. And that was all the motivation you needed to buy a car. And then you go out and you finish second in a race that you should have won. You win in May. You come back and you win again in, I think it was July. And uh, you wrap it up as, as being a champion at Merritt Speedway. What about 2024, a season that you weren't even supposed to be racing, and uh, you, you cap it off with the ultimate accomplishment? Talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so in 2022 there, I kind of, in my opinion, I was like, man, this is probably the best I'm going to do with the funds I have and the competition nowadays and whatnot. And I knew the wife, if she wants a new house and all that, I was kind of outgrown the one we're in and whatnot. Um, and the boy just started racing last year. So that kind of got, it was kind of hard to decide what I wanted to do or whatnot. And I just didn't think that I could go any further with what I had, the money available and whatnot. So I was ready to hang it up. I did sold the car and sold the motor. I was good to go. Had it all gone. Um, we did the indoor with the boy. And then uh, kind of just was going to focus on him. And from that time of year, I kind of asked him where he wanted to race or whatnot. And he kind of just, me, I don't, I don't really, I don't really want to race dad. If you're not going to race, I'm like, well, that's, that's, that's real great. Since he just started and whatnot. And <laughs> so you knew, so what you, so you knew what you had to do. You had to go buy another race car that he, 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 yeah, he, I just he, kinda like, he backed you into a $45,000 decision. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then the wife, she she wasn't real. Ke- I mean, she's grown up in racing, so she that's all she knows. Um, so she wasn't really sure what we were going to do or whatnot. And I couldn't really get a straight answer out of anybody, and I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, I still love racing. I, I, like, I enjoy the hell out of it, but, I mean, it's a lot of work and whatnot, but I enjoy racing and whatnot. So went out. Bought a new car, bought a new motor, or new-to-me motor, um, and whatnot, and just had good people behind me. Um, the guys down at Masterbuilt, they really helped me a lot. Josh Wells, that works down there, builds all the chassis. Him and I have become pretty good buddies. Um, and just good just good all-around people that I've got around me. Uh, gotten good shocks and shock help and all that, um, and they've really really helped me if i have a question or something i pick up the phone and call them they'll help me out uh even at the racetrack or something uh, if i got a question i can call josh or whatnot and he'll normally answer me if he's not at another racetrack or whatnot or not busy or doing god knows what but most of the time those guys they'll drop what they're doing and help you out and it's just i mean that's what you got to have you got to have good people in your corner and the way the year started i mean we just come out and everything was just like we never stopped from 2022. I mean, 2022 was a good year for me too. Um, but I just felt that I didn't have anywhere else to go. I, I couldn't go any further with what I had. So, and then 23 just kind of, just kind of come out swinging and it all just kind of worked. And uh, there was one night, uh, Memorial weekend up to merit. Uh, I think Chad actually won it, uh, I almost wish he wouldn't have been there because <laughs> I I was pretty good that night. But I think we were both pretty equal. But I mean, he was leading; and I was second. And I don't think there was any way. I think the 
track started to latch up at the end. And as good as I was, uh, he was just as good. And But I think by far him and I were the class of the field. Um, and just multiple nights like that. And a lot of them were, if Chad wasn't there, I would have won. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you got to get that guy to go uh, back pavement racing or something. Uh, and yeah, you, you talk well, about your season, too. 37 events on my race pass. 31 of those is top 10s, 18 top five finishes, and two wins in 2024. What was the difference for you? Because you don't shy away from being a budget racer, and you talked about that already in this short interview. What even the playing field for you? What brought you back in line or maybe put you in line for the first time? You mentioned 22 you thought was going to be your unbeatable season, and then you come out and top it in 23. What I mean, was there a moment or technology or, or a partnership or something that changed for you that made made this difference? Um, I gained a couple more sponsors, and I mean, with that is more money, so you're allowed to do more things. I mean, I was able to buy more tires on longer weekends and whatnot uh, or send shocks out that I normally wouldn't have because I didn't have the money to do it and just, just maintenance, keeping up on stuff, making sure I don't, I think I had one night um, that I had something break. Well, there was, I think two nights, but yeah, we don't have to remember one all of them. night. Yeah. One night uh, that I actually drove my father-in-law's car, that a dry shaft I had, it just a freak thing where it spun inside the yoke and I thought it broke the transmission um, and so I ended up driving his car that night. Um, but like we just didn't have many mechanical failures. Uh, just got to keep up on your maintenance and stuff. And that's a big thing. And then just, I mean, we had a newer car like last year. I mean, it was, I mean, I say it's new. It, it was, it, it was a crate car before, but it only had like 25 laps or something on it. Um, that's pretty new. So it was pretty new. So just, good equipment and good help uh that's that's the main thing merit speedway uh has gone through some changes over the you know last well let's just say it i mean since mike has owned it uh mike blackmer it has gone through some changes and whether you believe they're good bad or indifferent the racing surface has changed a couple of different times uh whether it's more banking less banking uh fixing the layout or or changing the layout how was it this year? Um, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to make it up there, man, for the first time in a long time. I didn't see Merritt Speedway at all this season. Um, so how was it? I know midway through the year there was a change uh, to kind of bring the racetrack, I believe, away from the guardrail or at least even it out with the front straightaway. Um, talk about talk about the surface and, and kind of keeping up with Merritt Speedway, really. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it did change a lot. Um Throughout the year, I think I don't remember what year it was, but two or three years ago, uh, Ted Bauer came up there and reconfigured it basically like it used to be. Got it away from the front stretch wall or whatnot, just because over the years, just track prep and whatnot has just widened and widened and widened. And next thing you know, you, you got a ditch and then the guardrail, and there's, there's really no room. Um, and it's almost kind of back to that to where if you go off the front stretch and they had a few instances of that the one weekend this year. Um, if you go off, you're going in the fence and you're probably, your stuff's probably junk. Yeah. Um, but just, I don't know. It's just kind of track prep. I think just 
different people doing it and what they do. It just kind of keeps just generally widening out. Um, does that affect Walt in there? And I was going to say, does that affect what you do when, as a race car driver? I mean, is it still just the same dirt? Or I mean, we know that that's not the case. Um, the way it's prepared has a lot to do with it. But when they are trying to get it back away from the guardrail and, and things of that nature, is that is it tough to keep up with? I mean, it doesn't really change. I mean, I guess it changes how like wide you want to swing out or whatnot. It kind of. Because Merritt used to be known for its tight corners and just drag down the straightaways, and now it's kind of widened out where it's almost a, I don't know, not, you're not, it's not like Tri-City where you're always turning, but it's just kind of arc is, arcs or whatnot. Um, but I don't think it really changes as far as the setups or anything like that. Uh, the biggest thing that they did, they uh, Walt came in there, I want to say mid-season, but I think it was towards the beginning of the year or whatnot. Um, and they just, they like to get that thing really wet early. And, well, it's no secret that, I mean, Walt and I had it out one night because I just was tired of seeing the water truck. Um, really? Well, just because, in my opinion, when they, when they go out there and they'll water it before the feature or whatnot, and to me doesn't do anything i mean you might get two laps of where there's a little bit of traction but it's going to do what it's going to do at that point it's almost like just let it go and clean up because it kind of makes it dirty at that point where you can see that you just see the dirt go across the surface and it's just there's like no traction when it's like that and for me knowing me and my car what my car likes i am not good in the dirty so i, I, I don't like to see that <laughs> you gotta stick up for you man you gotta stick up for what's good for you yeah, and then, well, it's just you go out there and they'll ask you if it's good and you'll get the guys that are on the bottom, they'll say, yeah, it's great. Well, the guys on the outside are like, heck no, this thing ain't good. Yeah. And they'll just let you loose and, you know, everybody flies in that first turn like it's going to be one and you just end up with a bunch of broken stuff and smash your stuff up. And I think that's the most frustrating part. Hmm. Okay. Tri-City, um, you know, we talk about this championship at Merritt. You weren't out of reach for for trying to match the Derek Hillico double. Uh, 26 points, his uh, setback to you. And uh, you, David Hilliker, and Eric Spangler under a blanket for the championship hunt at Tri-City Motor Speedway. Uh, talk about how much fun it was racing with those guys. And really, that's... Uh, remove the Hillikers, that's the same crowd that you see over at Merritt on Saturdays. Um, fun to do the preview night on Friday with those guys? Stressful, completely different animal? What's it like throughout the summer? Uh, I love racing with them, but it's stressful. Uh, like when you bring the family into it, because there's only ever one that's happy, and it's normally the one who finished yeah. ahead of all of them. Um, <laughs> and then you just, I mean... You have instances where you get into each other and whatnot, and that's always just never good. So, I mean, but it's Tri-City's 20 minutes away for us. Uh, like, Derek's really good over there. I don't generally like Tri-City just because I don't know what it is about the place, but I think you got to have a freer car, and I don't really like a free car. Um, it's always struggle. I mean, I did, did decent this year. Uh, I should have won one there. I gave away. Um, yeah, it's 
it's not my favorite track. I will say that. That relationship with the Hillikers has got to help, though. I mean, you mentioned it, right, with it being a family thing. The guy that finishes ahead is usually the happiest. But you guys bounce ideas off of each other. I mean, Derek and David are, I wouldn't say dominant anymore, but there was a time where they couldn't be beat there. Um, you guys share ideas and things of that nature? Uh, yeah, once in a while. Uh, I think David and Derek more so just because they work out of the same shop. Uh, and then, like, we go up to Merritt, and I'm a lot better up to Merritt than they are. So they'll kind of... And, and don't let them forget your... that, right? Darn it. You got Merritt figured out. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I got to have one, and that was the whole thing <laughs> with the championship. And then the boy getting championships, I had to get one so I could at least sit at the dinner table. Exactly, yeah. No more kids' table for you, man. Well, and, and how yeah. how special was that, too? I mean, uh, this thing for you at Merritt Speedway... Um, you know, two wins, that doesn't really separate you in the long run. You you have to be on for the rest of the season. Uh, we talk to guys all, all the time. Are you points racing? Are you watching points? No, we're just here. If you win the races, the points will come. Uh, did you find yourself checking my race pass? I mean, 15 points over Eric Spangler when it's all said and done. Did you change the way you were driving as you got into maybe August? Or, or what was that like? Uh, well, so it's funny that you say that because I mean, I go into the year and I mean, you, you pretty much have to miss the beginning of the first couple races. If you're not going to points race, right. Unless you're these guys that just bounce around and whatnot. Um, yeah. Cause if you I show really up, didn't... if you show up the first four weeks, you're in it. I mean, if you make the show right. and, and well, you're that's... there the first four weeks, you're in it. Right. And so I really just, I mean, I come out of it, uh, and I think Merritt, for me, or in my opinion, is probably the hardest place to win a championship just because, um, well, this year we ran 19 races at Merritt, where Tri-City, I think, only ran 11. Um, but at Merritt, you have those two-day shows, those three-day shows. You have, like, the wood tick that's three days long, and you got some guys that come up there. I mean, you got all the big shooters within Michigan, Ohio, whatnot, they come up there. So you gotta, you gotta be good and on your game on those nights too. Um, it's not just, uh, every weekend. Yeah. Because oh, by the way, those big shows are points nights. I mean, those count toward the track points championship. Right. There's no nights that aren't. So you, I mean, sometimes that sucks, but that's the way it is. Um, even the nights that they would, they didn't have on this year, but like the summer nationals, they'd come there. Those would still be points nights. Right. Um, and you got all those guys that follow that, that come into town and whatnot. I think even back when the world outlaws came that they made those, those were even track points nights. So in my opinion, just, I mean, merit, not only cause they ran double the races that tri city did, but just, I mean, you, you constantly have, uh, the group that Tri-City gets also as far as like the challenge drivers or whatnot, but you get those guys up there on those, not every weekend, but you'll get two or three or four of them on a, any given night. And then on the nights that you do have the two or three day weekends, you got all of them and then you got them for two or three nights and it's not always easy and whatnot. So in my opinion, it's just kind of one of the harder places to, win a championship or whatnot. So I think for me, if, if I wanted to win a championship 
it would have been at Merritt Speedway. And, and not to take anything away from, you know, the Scott Bakers and the Garrett Wiles and, uh, you know, the guys at Thunderbird who are great race car drivers. But, no, Garrett kicks my ass all the time. <laughs> but Eric Spangler, Brandon Thurlby, Dona Marcoulier, Chad Finley, uh, let's give props to Austin Harnick. What a great year he had uh, jumping up to the late model ranks. Riley Knowles doing a great job. Uh, Greg Gokey, Travis Stemmler. Those are the guys that run around the state or leave the state and make shows, contend for wins. Um, even when it's not a special show at Merritt Speedway, it feels like a special show when those guys are showing up on a regular basis. Is that fair? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, at the banquet there uh, two weekends ago, or, yeah, two weekends ago, um, I said it when I talked on the thing, just to race with the Dona Marcouliers, the Chad Finleys, the Eric Spanglers, and all those guys. Like, I love racing with that group. Um and it's not to take away from any of the guys at Crystal or whatnot, because some of them guys are good and whatnot. Um, but for me, I, I just I like racing with that group of guys, the challenge race, the challenge series guys, the, the guys that follow that that race more the UMP or whatnot. Um, I just they race different. You can race differently around them, um, and it's just just what I like. You know, there was a time, and I. I... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I seem to remember a time where you were a little critical of, you know, like, hey, don't forget about the other guys that run uh, in, in this sport and, you know, the other guys that are in the field of drivers, not just the champions and the winners. Uh, is it time to add Ryan Lanford to the list of guys who are just champions and winners? <laughs> Do we need to quit talking to you? Because, and I mean, seriously, when you list off Eric Spangler, Brandon Thurlby, Dona Marcoulier, these last three seasons, in my opinion, Ryan, it's time to legitimately add you to that list of guys because, as you said, these last two years have just been top-notch for you. Well, and that's, I mean, yeah, I, the last two years have been pretty good. And that all just, I mean, I think I've raced for 10 years or something now. And, I mean, I remember being that guy that was like, I don't know how I even come here. I run tens. I can't keep up with these guys. <laughs> frustrated, but, right? Dis disappointed and frustrated. Well, I mean, it, it's just to the point of, like, you spend so much money on it and whatnot. But it's all, like, you just have to, you got to, I had to learn how to drive, drive different. Um, you got to be a lot more aggressive nowadays, just the way the cars are now. Um, you more so just got to hustle the things. And, and if for all 30 laps or whatever they are, 75 for the wood tech you just and they just they drive different you got to hustle them um but no i mean i think if you were to ask any of those guys i mean not to say anywhere but i think if you asked any of those guys if you come to merit speedway my name is probably in the mix of who's going to be up front um and rightfully and not to say, i mean i think it's rightfully so uh you know and it's not uh, not to say surprising, but it's you know you look and you're 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 happy, right? It's like man, you know, seeing one or one or three or five times, uh, you know, Ryan Lanford toward the top or top three or top two. It's like oh man, Ryan had a great night. Now you're expecting it. It you know these last two or three seasons, you're like okay, is Ryan if he's not in the top five, he had a bad night. Um, is it hard to change those expectations, or have those always been your expectations? Uh, well, no, I mean, 
now that I've started to run better and up front, like a, obviously that's a lot more fun. Um, I mean, just racing up there, you don't get your stuff tore up. I mean, those guys are all good at driving and whatnot. You can race them pretty clean normally. Um, so you don't get tore up as much. Um, it obviously, it pays more. So the paychecks at the end of the night are way better. Um, and that just helps your whole program out. When you're, when you're bringing more money home, you can do better maintenance. You can buy newer stuff. You can upkeep stuff. It just it starts it to build. So. It sounds like it starts to kind of, kind of, you know, double down on itself. You get that first one knocked off. If you can back it up or go out there and you know run runner up or third the next week, it's uh, the snowball effect in a good way is, is pretty exciting. Yeah, and uh, this year, like I was surprised. Uh, so for Woodtick, uh, I had Josh from Masters Built come up. And I, we shied away from what I normally run up there and tried stuff on the Friday night before that. And looking back at it, I kind of wish I didn't because that was my worst finish of the year. Um, and we woke up the next day, the day of the wood tick, and he's like, I think we need to do this. And I was like, dude, I'm just going to go back with what I know, what I've been running here. <laughs> Respectfully, I'm gonna, no. <laughs> I'm going to live and die with that. And I think I started 12th that night and I finished third, but I feel like I was better than Travis at the end. Uh, Rusty had a four on, I had a three, so I don't think I was ever going to catch him because the track kind of started to clean off, latch up at the end there. I, I, I think the four was the better route to go for that long a race, but I hadn't had any luck with the four. So, I mean, I, Rusty was obviously the better car at the end, but I think, I believe I was at least a second place car. If not, maybe a chance. If if we could have had a caution or something, I would have got interesting. <laughs> just for the fact. Of, yeah. I mean, just the, just the jump from from third to second and pay was seven thousand dollars. So yeah, I didn't know that at the time. If I did, I might have might have done something questionable. <laughs> uh, well, I, yeah. I might have raced a little harder to try to get to Travis. But of course. No, it, it, it was a great it was a great night for me or whatnot. And just, I mean, even a lot of the challenge races, like I finished sixth in that this year. And, I mean, you take out, I think I had all my worst nights that I had something break or something was on a challenge night. Um, so it, it worked out. But if you took those away, I think I was a top three car for the – average points of those nights off there wow. but i mean you don't you don't get to you don't get to take those you can't off, do that so. yeah you get you don't get any drop That's nights all right take the driver yeah. hat off put the dad and husband hat on let's talk first about your about you know the the 116 car in the stable um how much fun was that watching watching him uh run through the season and, and have a great year and collect some hardware uh it's pretty it's it's i mean i like winning and whatnot but almost more enjoyable watching him do good uh and just the joy he gets out of it and and also he i mean he hates not doing good so i gotta he's getting better at that part but i mean last year last year he finished second at merit he lost the championship by a point oh heartbreak Uh, hotel yeah so that one kind of hurt and then he got second at tri-city but he lost that one by a little more, so that one wasn't as bad. But that one up to Mara, he went into that night leading and thought he was going to have it, and just it didn't work out the way we thought just by 
some things. But so I went into this year, and he—I mean, I knew he could—he's good at it or whatnot. And he did the indoor or whatnot last year, and he finished second in that. So it was like everything was seconds last year. Um, and just they did that indoor thing, and it made him—I don't want to say—I mean, it made him aggressive just because you have to be in that. And he kind of started the year out being aggressive and it got and it got to a point where it was almost too aggressive sure. to where he was just riding around bumping people. I mean, he, you have the way those mini wedges are, especially the restricted ones, they got to, they can't lift off the gas. So they got to stay right on their butts. And he had it figured out if he'd stay around right on their butt, they'd lift any little bit, he'd bump them and they'd move up and he'd get under them. And they're all the bottom because none of these tracks have any banking. So they're all bottom dominant tracks. Um, and I think he won probably the first five or six this year to start the season out. And then uh, when he kind of started getting a little aggressive there, they changed some rules. I call it the Lucas rules. Um, <laughs> you know you've made it when they write a rule because of you. That's when you know you've made it. Yeah, well, he just, I mean, some parents got mad, and rightfully so. I would probably be mad too. Um, or whatnot. So we just he, I told him that he couldn't be doing that because if he does, they're going to put him to the rear. And then, yeah. you know, I mean, once you get sent to the rear, you're pretty much done. Um, so you couldn't do that. So then he started being shying away from it, and he then he was kind of two car lengths. He would hang back about two car lengths. Well, then you're not close enough. If they do mess up, you can't make a pass. Yeah, so it's hard to find that middle ground. Yeah, he was just kind of was running third and fourth and whatnot. Really wouldn't moving up. And I don't know. I got in the mid season, and I was just like, "Dude, just go back to what." Just, <laughs> go back to what was working. People. Don't be knocking people, but just you got to be more aggressive, and just you got to be in there. Like you can't go in there and just smoke them to get rid of them, but you gotta you gotta put yourself in there and be yeah. in there. Otherwise, you're never gonna go anywhere in there. So he I want- started doing that, and then he started winning a couple more again, and then whatnot. But he. Yeah, he finished out. I mean, Merritt, I think he, he didn't even have to go the last night. But Nice. I want to ask you about a picture that's on your social media um, from the indoor series. I don't think I've ever seen a mini wedge on the bike before, and that kid is on the bike big time in the indoor series. What in the world was going on there? Twice. Twice. Oh, those those pictures are not from the those pictures are not from the same sequence? It happened twice? No, if you look at if you look at the pictures, I think one says race two and one says race oh, four. Oh, my goodness. What did that kid do? Uh, but on the, the the last race there, the race four one, um, you can't see it in that picture, but there actually there's three cars. He took them three wide. And, I mean, that's – they're kind of – they're big on the inside car, kind of knowing when to back out. And if you go in the corner and you don't back out and they all hit and – whatever they're going to send that inside car out because you get to know when to back out when uh-huh. you're not. And, and to his point, um, he was even with the middle car, but the outside car was ahead. So, but I knew as soon as he did it, who was going to the rear, yeah. <laughs> who, who was about to go for a ride. My goodness. Now, did yeah. this, did this well, bother him at never, all? Or? He never left. No, I, he, he never left. I'll give him that. Oh, he stayed wow. in there and he actually, when he, that, that last one, he, he was in fifth. And he went through that, and they all, he went up on the tires or whatnot, and he came out third, so. <laughs> nice. 
Nice. Well, hey, you know he's uh, he's at least got the uh, anatomy to enjoy this sport. If if that's the case, uh, you can handle that. But yeah, he uh, yeah he uh, he's doing good. He just gotta just gotta simmer down sometimes. He's I mean he's only eight years old. He's learning and whatnot. He's just from when he started. He's way better. That's but he's great, super man. aggressive. So. Well, I think that helps him a lot. You know what? It, you know his championship season lining up with, uh, or his his near championship season, I should say, losing that thing by one point, darn it. Uh, but Tri City a, a little yeah. more, uh, you know, a little bit out of reach. But um, you know, he learned everything he knows from you and and watching people that you race against. So that's got to be pretty rewarding. Yeah, um, I've well, it's it's noted that I don't have the. Uh, coolest of tempers or whatnot but i'm I'm getting older i'm kind of settling down and whatnot uh but it like last year was pretty i mean just frustrating like he would do something and you go to talk to him and he thinks you're yelling at him or whatnot oh that balance but so i mean this year i just i learned and just i don't even say nothing just Tell him what I saw, and I, I will, I'm not, I'm not going to argue. You know, when I was uh, when I was racing for my dad, uh, and it took me until I was 16 or 17. I finally said, I finally made a rule: uh, you have to wait 10 minutes at least until after the race is over to talk to me, because I just cannot handle you uh, when I get off the racetrack. So you got to give me some time uh, before you can come and critique me. So yeah, uh, yeah no. Well, I, his 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 biggest thing is you you'll you'll try to critique him and say what he did wrong or whatever. And like, if he goes in there and and I'll say, well, you hit them. I didn't hit them. They hit me. Well, so he, 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 he's never in the wrong. So I just learned to, Oh, so we need some, we need some accountability classes for, for young Lucas. Yeah. Sometimes Uh, that's funny. Hey Ryan, man. um, Congratulations. What a season for you personally. Uh, Fourth at tri city, a championship at Merritt Speedway, uh, a para runner-up championship finishes for your son, Lucas. And um, lastly, what do you do for 24? Uh, how do you manage expectations? Do you expect to build on this? Um, do you expect to just continue to be running up front? Or, or what What do you do in 24 as you're putting this piece back together? Um, well, I don't, I don't even know what we're doing just because of all the uncertainty with the tracks. I mean, like yeah, Tri-City good point. and Merritt, I'm, we don't, nobody really knows what's going on there. You can't really get a straight answer. Um, so I don't really know. Maybe, uh, maybe goes. you're going to have to, uh, uh, as you said, get your ass kicked by Garrett Moore, uh, and maybe travel a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there's always, there's always Crystal, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I'm just kind of playing it by ear. I mean, I'll, I, of course I'm just, I, I want, I'm going to, I want to run up front, want to run good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know as far as chasing championships or whatever. I don't know that I really want to get back into that. Just, I mean, I got one. That's, that's good for me. Um, so if you don't see Ryan so until really the first that. week of June, you know why? Because he said it just 10 minutes ago. If you don't want to run for a championship, yeah. don't show up the first three weeks. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. So I don't, I, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, 
you know as as soon as the the year starts everybody's excited to get out there next thing you know it's the end of may and you're in the leading points and (laughs) so i mean you don't know i mean i i i want to go uh i want to go back like i ran brownstown at the end of the year this year i want to go back down there uh they got some northern all-star races down there with james essex i kind of want to go down and do some of those uh but again, with the traveling, it gets expensive and whatnot. But I mean, I don't know that I'm going to go out and travel the countryside. But I'd like to get out and do get a couple new tracks or newer tracks. Um, I have a lot of fun when we travel. So just different people get away from all the local drama. For sure. For sure. Well, man, congratulations. Uh, 2023 Merritt Speedway Track Champion in the Dirt Car UMP Late Models. Um, great accomplishment, great season, and uh, wishing you nothing but the best of luck for 2024, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Great to catch up with Ryan Lanfeard and talk with him. Another great interview coming up. But first, let's talk about some things that we've got coming up for season number six. Now, no, Rich France did not get the boot. It's not just the Horsepower Happenings with Zach Heiser show. Uh, it'll still be Zach Heiser and Rich France. As we mentioned at the top, he's just on vacation uh, this week. He needs a vacation. He's tired of us. We're tired of him. He'll be back next week, I think. Uh, but what we are looking forward to in uh, this new season, season six of Horsepower Happenings, uh, three key things I'll tell you about. First and foremost, we're looking at rotating in more industry talent and uh, outside sources for our interviews and things of that nature. For instance, uh, Roger Williams from Owasso Speedway, longtime announcer at Tri-City Motor Speedway as well. Uh, He'll be looking to step in on the panel once in a while. Chuck Darling from Birch Run Speedway, uh, he'll be looking to step in on the interview panel once in a while as well. So Rich and I excited to share the microphones and allow those guys to uh, jump in on our interview time. Also coming up, front-wheel drive fans, four-cylinder fans, Mini stocks, compacts, uh, hornets, whatever you want to call them. We're going to have a dedicated time slot for you on Horsepower Happenings. Excited to team up with Front Wheel Discussion and Todd Metz um, to uh, once, a, once a month bring you a segment to talk about all things going on in uh, the front wheel drive world. A great, uh, a great partnership going to be brewing with front wheel discussion more details on that coming up here in the next couple of days and finally so we talk about that uh, diversity of show and moving throughout the uh, the summertime and bringing you different and more intriguing content we're gonna have driver interviews conducted by drivers specifically one driver great lake super sprint series champion mad max stamball will be featured once a month interviewing his fellow competition right here on Horsepower Happenings. Uh, we'll have more details on that coming up in the coming days and weeks as well. So looking forward to those changes for Season 6 right here on Horsepower Happenings. Moving on with our interviews tonight, it's uh, my pleasure to welcome this gentleman who's getting back into the promotion and uh, you know the, the racetrack management role. Uh, you knew him as the, uh, the owner-promoter of... Uh, for a very long time, Spartan Speedway. It became Corrigan Oil Speedway. He stepped aside. Now he's back. Uh, glad to welcome onto Horsepower Happenings for, I believe, the first time ever, Jim Leisure. Welcome in, sir. 
Well, thank you, Zach. It's nice to be back. Um, yeah, back again. Uh, did you did you think that you would be back? Uh, you know, three, four, five years ago when uh, when you when you made the sale to Tom and Tracy Hernley. Uh, you know, I can only imagine that there was a certain weight that felt lifted off of your shoulders after so many years uh great years tenured at, at spartan speedway and corrigan oil was there was there a little bit of relief when that sold and and you were able to watch tom and tracy take it take what you had built and run with it well y- yes you know the, the biggest factor zach was the calendar you know i i just could not get it stop moving and and so Tom and Tracy looked to be uh, as good a fit as I was going to get, and they were both very anxious and very excited, and uh, they they were able to, you know, put together all the things that are required to get through a sale like that, and um, it, it was a relief, but it was kind of interesting. It's kind of like somebody retiring, and then that they don't know what they're going to do the next day. <laughs> and, um, so it took me a couple of years to get used to it. And I think I was getting used to it. <laughs> Sitting next to my wife, she's not agreeing with that. <laughs> and, um, yeah. What do you do? I mean, all those so, years you, 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 you have plans for yourself every, if not every day, at least every weekend, you know where you're going to be April or March through October. What was that like, Jim, to have that first uh, late April Friday roll around or May or maybe even uh, end of the month Sunday roll around and you're not responsible for getting the track cleaned and opening the gates and, you know, making sure that you have cars in the pits and fans in the stands. What was that like? Was it I can only imagine it was a bit eerie. It You know, it was it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but I did did a lot of different things. I mean, to keep myself busy and to move forward and not think about it. And, and I had a lot of confidence in Tom and Tracy. So, you know, the, some of the biggest things I felt um, worry about, I think, is, is that it, of all the people that had supported us all these years, you know, and I know they've, their drivers and their families and they all adjust their schedules, you know, being a Friday night track, they, they have to work when they can and they, they have to get time off work. And, and so that, you know, that's a big commitment from a lot of people. And, um, so ultimately that works out, you know, with Tom and Tracy taking all the way that's to keep it a racetrack. So, um, and at the end of the day, it didn't work out. And um, so, you know, we just, for the same reasons, we have to pick up those pieces. And, and Well, I want to dive into and, that a, a little bit more, actually. And I want to say, first and foremost, uh, without hesitation, Tom and Tracy did a damn fine job uh, with Corrigan Oil Speedway. And um, moreover, they took some heat last year maybe even unintentionally from us, uh, but they took some heat last year for running the type of schedule that they did. But let's remember, like you mentioned, it stayed a racetrack. It got another year under its belt as a racetrack in some form. 
Um, talk about the process of you getting back involved, because there was a lot of rumor. There was a lot of question mark as to what was going to happen with that facility when it when it got out that Tom and Tracy were moving on. Um, were you the first in line or did it take some time to make that decision to come back to Corgan? I just with a through conversation with Tom and Tracy, um, it was um, when they had the uh, the abbreviated year. I guess we can call it. That's a good. Um, that's a good way to put that. I like that. Then, then you know, obviously, some decisions had to be made, and um, and it's it's not like we didn't. It's 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 it, it is complicated. I mean, I think it was really tough on them to 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 say, look, this isn't working out. And I, I've known them since they were kids, and I, I really I, I think the right thing to do is to step back in and and you know um, it, it you know it gave us an opportunity to. to kind of reset a little bit if that makes any sense um there were you know racing has changed so so drastically over the last 15 to 20 years and you know we just had to it gave us an opportunity to reset and try to do things differently to to change our schedule around um i worried a little bit that um there might be a problem with the cars and supporting, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of supporting race teams to make these racetracks yeah, work. And, for sure. Um, and that has been wonderful. I mean, I cannot believe the support they've shown. Um, with, so I, I, I'm, I'm very optimistic. Uh, we're, a little bit of a little bit of a lighter schedule and some more diversity. I'm just afraid, you know. I'm not afraid of it. it. We all have to, you know. All all industries and um, every type of work and everything people are involved in, they all change. They all transition, and I think racing's been transitioning for a long time. You, uh, you you made some comments about that at the MSPA meeting, and obviously that's closed door meeting, so I won't share them specifically. Um, but it gives me it gives me a lead to say, in the grand scheme of things, with how long you had promoted that racetrack, you weren't you weren't gone a terribly long time, but you were gone long enough for a reset, and I think that's what you were saying, and and for you to step back in. Um, this is kind of the comments you made at the MSPA meeting a couple of months ago is you were surprised at how much things did change in, in that relatively short time that you were away. Yeah. You know, the 2020 was a wash for everybody. And, and then when everybody came reopened, you know, there was a home run for most racetracks. The yeah. bleachers were full and, uh, you know, concession stand lines were long and, the drivers were all raring to go, and then and now we're at a point where that's not the case. And um, I think if you look at other track schedules, they're all putting their toe in this diversity type 
type uh, schedule. I mean, we start out this year with a, we don't have an exact date yet, but it's a, um, it's a, it's a carnival. <laughs> so <laughs> I just yeah. can't believe we're, but it, it's, 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 it's early in the year. A lot of our teams aren't ready and it's, it gives us something to do. But, um, I think that, um, I think that is, you're always looking for happy, you know, and I, and I think that's people, we, our sponsors, when I, when I explain to them, you know, what's, what makes a racetrack work, as you know, is sponsorships and yeah. advertising. And, and when I explain to our sponsors that we're going to be a little more diverse and we're going to have a different audience, that's, that's exciting to them. And, and I think it cements our relationship. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if that makes if that adds up or not. And I, yeah, well, I, I think so. I think so. Well, you, well, you know, and and it all starts, uh, in my opinion, that's how Night of Destructions became so popular because you had to find a way to get people in the grandstands. And you know, what is that? Well, that's the excitement of being able to watch something get tore up. We've all been to the county fair and uh, struggled to get a seat at the demolition derby, so you put that on a racetrack. And then what you hope is that they'll come back next Friday night and watch the purest, if you will, air quotes, purest racing of short track Friday nights. And I think your schedule does a great job of doing that. You're going to open for the regular season on May 3rd with your standard divisions, modifieds, late models, pony stocks, outlaw front row drives, and mini wedges. And then you're going to go right into the opportunity to try to get different faces to see Corrigan Oil Speedway with uh, Nitro Tour Monster Trucks. I love that. Sure. I love that because now you've hopefully captivated them to come back on May 17th to watch Friday Night Racing with figure eights. And then you lead into a really great summer schedule. Um, how much fun did you have putting this schedule together or was it extremely stressful? I mean, this just, we'll go through some more key dates. It just looks like a fun schedule, Jim. You know, I've got a lot of help with that. You know, I've, the guys that have been around us have been. We, you, you do get a close relationship with these teams because you work with them. I mean, I'm talking about our team at the track, and you know, some of these people have been with us forever, and uh, and they we we kind of all work together on it a little bit. But I'll give Andy a, a lot. Of, Andy worked with me on this schedule. He he communicated with a lot of these different groups. You know, we're, one of the things we're trying, Zach, and it could be a flop, and I, so far it has not been, is, is we lease the track out to a third party. Yeah, I think we have four different leases. We have uh, two two sprint shows, um, of course, the monster truck show, and um, why am I drawing a blank? Oh, I'll help you out with this because this is the time that I get to intrude your tower for the first time in my career. June 9th, the JEG CRA All-Stars Tour uh, coming in. Is that the fourth one? Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. I was just, just, <laughs> just on the phone with Scott, you know, today. So we're just wrapping up a few odds and ends. And, and the beauty of it a little bit is kind of reminds me of, of the old days a little bit when we were working with these groups. And if you have a, a good working relationship or at least a good, a, a good um, in, 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 in history, if you 
if they trust you, you know, you can get a lot done quickly on the telephone and work all this stuff out. And sometimes there's just an element of trust has to be there or it doesn't come together. And, and, and we have that, and I'm proud of that. I'm glad we could step back in and, and, and um, all these relationships just came right back. I mean, it's just, it's like they never went away. So, I'm, I'm oh, that's got to feel that good for happen. you too, right? In in that aspect, where you pick up the phone and you call somebody you haven't talked to in five years, and they say, "Absolutely, Jim. Uh, what well, you know? Let's get the paperwork started. We want to help you, or we want to work with you." Uh, I mean, that's I don't know if humbling is the right word, or just you know, how does that feel for you? Is you know, is that rewarding? It it takes the pressure off. So. June 9th. That's a rewarding. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say June 9th was one of the dates I wanted to highlight. Um, Talking about that fourth uh, show that's going to be leased out. Obviously, people who listen to the show know Horsepower Happenings has a relationship with CRA. Um, JEG CRA All Stars Tour, it's probably surprising to a lot of people to hear this will be an inaugural appearance, and it does really kick into that summertime of of specials because the following uh, two weeks later, must see sprints come into town. You've got your night of destruction mm-hmm. on June twenty eighth, July fifth, with fireworks in the National Compact Touring Series. Um, yeah, I forgot about. I forgot. I should have mentioned Drew. Drew, if you hear yeah. this, I'm sorry. I should have. Had, I'm going by memory, and it, I, I get, I get a, I get a, a break because of memory. <laughs> Let's remember, everybody. Uh, Jim is on vacation as well, so he's away from his office. He doesn't have his working hat on. Uh, he's got his vacation hat on. Um, so let's start. Yeah, with, let's, every one of these people are great. I mean, yeah. Drew, 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 Drew did the fireworks thing. He said, I want to have fireworks that night. And That's I'm great. Like, well, Drew, it's your night. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Go nuts. So let's start with June 9th. How important was it for you? I mean, obviously when somebody says, Hey, we want to come and lease the track, it's not an automatic thing. You have to, you want to make sure it makes sense as, t- as well. Uh, how important was it for you to get CRA on the schedule, specifically bring, bringing the Jags tour to town for the first time? Um, I thought that was really frosting on the cake and I was, I was really flattered that they would, uh, talk to us. And, um, again, we put that together quickly, uh, with the relationship with Menlin and then of course he works there directly. So, um, uh, I'm, I don't have the dates in front of me, of course, cause I don't have anything with me in front of me, but the other, the other Really, and maybe it is the June ninth date. Is that is, is that the co-sanctioned night? Um, co-sanctioned with the with the late model sportsman is May twenty sixth uh, for the CRA late model sportsman. Okay. Yep. And, and 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 see, that's something that comes. You, you get something good out of. Sometimes when you have a good relationship going, you you get you get a bonus, and that's a yeah. bonus for us because it's going to put on a heck of a show, and it's helping them. Because they need that show for their, I think they need that show for their for that division, mm-hmm. and um, so it works. It's, it's it's a simple case of it when it works for both parties. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just never fails. It's easy for everybody to buy in that way. Yeah, modified special yeah, on July twenty first. Talk to me about this seventy five lap special uh, scheduled for July twenty first. Anything we should know about that one? Uh, it, it, all our. That's a Sunday, isn't it? Uh, that part you've got me on. Let me open my calendar here. It might be a Sunday. Yeah, I, I'm July twenty one. Sure it Sunday. is a Sunday. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, 
no, it's it's just it's just we're rotating. We're rotating our, you know, the divisions that are that have been around a long time, and each division is not getting as many races as we wanted them to have. But we we've got some gaps in our on our schedule at this point, and will they, I don't know if they'll stay gaps, but um, they may end up in gaps. You know, normally we run um, two or three headliner divisions at one night and we're just uh we're rotating them out around a little bit and bringing you know for bringing in a lot of diversity i mean we've it's not even on our schedule yet but we have i don't have the date obviously um we have one um uh outlaw four-cylinder division that will be bringing a lot of cars i think it's uh, 1500 oh. to win i think great and and it's a good start you know we we did take some money kind of off the top a little bit and put it on the bottom and in the middle because we just think with the expenses right now every team's got to have uh some some extra and and i hope that works out that was an unknown um but you know we'll have work with the budget if you don't work with the budget then you're going to have a problem. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, in the time that you've stepped away and, and stepped back in, and I'm going somewhere with this, so so hang with me, there has been some change um, in the promotional world. And, you know, your association <laughs> with MSPA has kept you in touch with that. But when you look around, you've got Rex Wheeler, uh, you had Jason Lord, and now Andy Andy uh, Susky and... and um, um, Oh, I can see him, but I'm drawing a blank on, on who's going to be helping him. But anyhow, over at Birch Run, obviously Kalamazoo has a new partner in there. Jeff over at Berlin. Um, these are guys that you have to work with when you're building schedule and looking at rules and things of that nature. Um, and I say that because All American Trucks is a, a new addition to your schedule, something that we see at Birch Run and at uh, Owasso now a part of your schedule, and uh, regular occurrences from figure eights, which is something that, um, you know, not necessarily the same rules, but running that figure eight pa- pattern at Flat Rock, they see that on a regular basis over on the other side of the state. I think those are two very unique additions to your schedule. Talk about those. I think there's there, it's an entertainment thing. The, 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 the participants in the figure, we, of course, years ago, I, you know, back, I mean, I, back in the seventies, we had figure eights constantly and, and they were packed houses. Of course, we, every racetrack was packed back then. Right. But the figure eights was a big part of it. And then we got away from it a little bit because it got to be, I mean, I, I'm just being brutally honest here. It got to be too uh, destructive. And everybody's car was built to the max, and we let mm-hmm. it. You know, race pro, race operate racetrack operators are, are their own worst enemies. We let it happen. <laughs> you know, we, we 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 let it for years. We let them build a car, put more front on it, put more back. We didn't wouldn't want to send anybody home. One, and and it really imploded, and we just had to get away from that. And then we started it back up, uh, you know, several years ago. And I think the first night we had 36 people, 36 participants. And uh, so, you know, I have a great relationship with these guys. And I, that's something that I think we can continue to work on. It's, it's a form of entertainment that people like. And, you know, that's our, 
it's, a, it's really our only job is to entertain. Some people... And, uh, and, I, and I think... I'm sorry, go ahead, Jim. Go ahead. The, the rest, you know, these, these other racetrack operators are head over heels over me. I mean, they got so much going, and, and they've got so... They're, I, it is a little frightening. Uh, I'm a little intimidated by some of these guys, and um, the only option I have is to do what we do and hope that, that it's good enough. And, um, and, and hope we have all the pieces of the puzzle put together. I think some of these diverse shows, you know, we have two sprint shows and John, John Hotchkiss has always wanted to, to run, always wanted us to run a division that he wanted and everything. I have one day I said, John, look, I'm going to give you a chance to be a promoter right now. You want to lease a track and you want to put whatever sprint car you want on that track. You know, we'll supply, you know, we put a deal together and it's just, it's just, it was that simple. And John was all excited about it. John's been in the business a long time. He's not been in the race business, but he's been in the race. He's been involved with racing forever. And that's another sprint show along with, you know, along with must see with the Jim Hanks program. And, and so I don't know the diversity is important. Um, I think, the other racetracks uh, are, I mean, these are, these are tough competitors, and they, the sky's the limit with them. <laughs> That's probably my biggest fear. <laughs> One of the challenges I think you face is unique in the fact that um, right off the top of my head, I can think of two other racetracks who, who would deal with these similar challenges, and it is, um, you know, Jeff Striegel over at, at uh, Berlin and the fairgrounds, and mm-hmm. then, um, you know, Ron Drager over at Flat Rock, and that is you're an inner city racetrack, and inner city racetracks just aren't sticking around in today's world. Um, talk about working with the city of Mason. Obviously, you're in Metro Lansing, uh, you know, with you know Spartans and everything going on. You're you're next to a college town. Um, you've got some prime real estate right there. Uh, what has it been like to to work with city officials and everybody and, and keep this place going? Keep it as a destination place and, um, you know, make sure that it's, uh, you know, the biggest thing right now, I think, for communities is to keep it community. And so how has that been working with, with the city and, and, you know, stepping back into that role? You know, I, we, about seven or eight years ago, we rezoned, gave us some other opportunities and some options. And I think we're going to revisit some of our relationships with the township and um, I just am not ready to do that yet because I'm just not, I don't want to, I don't want to go. I'm just keeping my powder dry. I don't want to go into right. an empty gun and, and tell them what I think I want to do. I want to <laughs> research it and I want to, I want to know what we're going to do. And then I got to sell it to them. And the township, it, we, we actually have a Mason address and the jurisdiction is Delhi township. Okay. And there's, there's there's a sense that we have a bad relationship with them and i hear it all the time and it's, it's really not a bad relationship you know they they have other residents that live right right at right, off, right across the street right in your backyard and we have, <laughs> literally yeah. and and luckily i grew up there so i know a lot of them and you know it, it's i think our integrity 
it's paid off. I mean, if we tell them we're going to do this or that, it's exactly what we do. And it, we don't, we don't change our minds and we don't, and we make mistakes and we suck it up when we do. Um, and so the township's been really good to work with. And, but, but they have, they can only do so much, you know, they have, they have a lot of bosses. They have each, each, um, property owner <laughs> has got an opinion. Absolutely. And so it, it's, it's, it's a balancing act. And, but, but, but you still have to hold your ground a little bit too. We have rights as well. We, you know, I always said a court order allows us to do certain things. And, um, and, and so we have protection there. Jim, uh, as you step back into this, I want to ask you, and I'm sorry to cut you off. I just I want to make sure we get this in. Um, you're stepping back in after some time away, and you've mentioned that you know you're you, you feel a little intimidated, and not necessarily behind the eight ball. You've been doing this successfully for a long time, but on another note, is there some excitement for you now getting getting back into this? You had your time away. Now you come back. Um, you know people from what I've seen, are rejoicing to have you back. They feel you've stepped in and, and saved this racetrack again. Um, do you have some excitement now as your schedule is out and rules are, are either out or on their way out and, um, you know, teams and fans are getting excited? What What's your mindset as we sit here on February 5th? I feel like I'm behind. Okay. I don't like that. Um, we're remodeling. You know, our beer barn, we're remodeling our concession stand. I'm afraid we're not going to get them both done because we have so many restrictions. And, you know, it's not, not uh, restrictions in the last, we're just so many darn laws to follow and so many inspections and so many fees. And, you know, same thing everybody else is faced with. Um, I I don't want to say I'm, I'm not excited. I'm, I'm so happy that we're, we've, taking the approach we have. I think that's the best option we had. And, and so I'm excited about that. Um, I'm excited that so many people, you know, so many phone calls, so many emails, so many texts that just so happy that, 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 that we're going to be back there. And, and that makes you feel, you know, it makes you feel like, you know, I, I hope it's sustainable. <laughs> yeah, this is the time of year where everybody loves you, right, Jim? It's after May 3rd that you have to check and see if they're still in your corner. That's exactly right. And that's that. It, but, you know, I, Zach, you, you, you say it, you own it. So you can't unsay something. So you just be careful what you say. Don't say anything. You can't back up. And every once in a while you do. You, we one of my uh, dearest employees years ago used to call it <laughs> Leisure's Blue Jay Mouth Overloading Our Sparrow Ass. <laughs> Talk to oh. me, uh, you know, if you had a phrase or, uh, you know, try to put it in, 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 in terms or in a summary, Reader's Digest version, I guess, if you will. There are fans and there are drivers out here who, believe it or not, have not been to a Jim Leisure production or not raced under Jim Leisure um, now that we've you know had that break, what's a phrase or a Reader's Digest version? What do you hope to provide in 2024 for the fan uh, and and the racer? What what are some goals? What what should fans look for when they come to Corrigan Oil Speedway on Friday night? 
I, Zach, I think our opinion is, as a group, you know, the people have been with me so long, I think they feel the same way about it, is we have to be what we are and we can't be what somebody else is. Um, I think they should look for shows that go smoothly, uh, shows that start on time. I think they should look for, you know, um, it's not going to reasonable pricing, not gouging pricing, but sure. you know, it's, it's still going to seem expensive because everything is just off the chart right now. Yes. And I don't think it's ever coming back. Well, and, and let's, let's be fair and, about your, the product you're offering, Jim, you're offering some really good shows throughout the course of the season. Yeah. You know, and and I feel lucky about that because when we, um, the Ranger, Tom and Tracy, they step back in, I just didn't know what kind of what we'd have to offer because we really didn't have any shows last year to speak of. I think they only ran two or three races and they ran three bus nights, I think. And I just didn't know what would happen or how many people sat out or how many people would come back. I'm talking about our entertainers, our drivers. Yeah. And I, I just don't get that feeling now i i feel that we're stepping back in and we better hang on because i think we're gonna have a good year <laughs> that's i'm very optimistic about it that's a good reason to have to hang on is uh, if you think things are gonna go well uh jim you're you're pretty open and and you know in my uh experience with you you're pretty easy to talk to um if people have questions or things of that nature i don't know who's running your social media but um you know things are there people can look at that uh, there's plenty of information there, and you've got people in place too. Uh, you know, as far as that's concerned, if there are you know questions about building cars or things things like that, um, I can only assume you have people ready to answer those questions, so that when you know those open test dates come in at the end of April and that May third opener rolls around, everybody's ready to go. We have such a you know one thing. Another good thing happened. You know, Donnie Denninger's been, he's the only person been there longer than me. And, um, you know, he retired this year, so I get him, <laughs> I, you know, I get him kind of like, I don't have to wait till a Friday or Saturday <laughs> when we're all tired or something. You get to be his so main commitment now. Right. And Andy's retired. We, we got a lot of us old guys. We call him, <laughs> I'm, I'm the oldest, but, um, we, you know, Dave Hartman's coming back as a four-cylinder uh, um, tech and, and, and even, a lot of these people are more than what their title says. You know, they're, they're a resource for me to, to ask questions and, and, and with their experience, I can deduct a, a reasonable answer that fits everybody most of the time, you know, and I think, I think, I, I think we treat our, figure eight drivers or our entertainer drivers in our upper division drivers. I think we all, I think we, everybody there treats them with the same respect. And I, and I, I, just, I just think that's good. Just being a good citizen really makes it work. And, you know, so maybe, maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> well, I think you have to be partly to, uh, to get back into this after stepping away. Um, we all know the sport is an addiction and that's the only reason that we keep doing it. So this is exciting, Jim. 2024 schedule is out. It is posted 
on the Corrigan Oil Speedway Facebook page and social media channels as well as uh, other outlets. But the big date you need to remember, May 3rd, Unleashed, Modifieds, Late Models, Pony Stocks, Outlaw Front Wheel Drives, and Mini Wedges kick things off in Jim Leisure's return to Corrigan Oil Speedway. The return of uh, not weekly but regular racing at Corrigan Oil Speedway and some great shows scheduled as well. Uh, again, the full schedule on Corrigan Oil Speedway's Facebook. You can also find it on our platforms as well, horsepowerhappenings.com. Jim, it was a pleasure, man. We could keep talking all night, uh, but you're on vacation, and we've got more work to do here. Um, so thank you for taking time. We're looking forward, uh, really sincerely, to getting back to Corrigan Oil Speedway in 2024. We can't wait. I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you very much. Nice talking to you, Zach. Well, great to catch up with Jim and uh, want to welcome him back to the promoting business and uh, back to the ownership role and, and back to managing a racetrack. Um, have had some great conversations. Talked about the MSPA uh, meeting that we were at and just how welcoming everyone was to have him back and how exciting that is. That's uh, that's big time stuff and race fans in mid-Michigan should be excited uh, to see Corrigan Oil Speedway and the things that they're doing. Upcoming schedule of events is just absolutely wild, and it'll it'll be hard to keep track of. So just know, watch Horsepower Happenings. We're going to try to have results for you as much as we can from as much as we can with uh, Florida Speed Weeks ongoing. Obviously, as we talked about at the top, uh, Dirt Car UMP Modifieds from Volusia Speedway Park should be wrapped up by the time that you get to this part of the program, and uh, those results should, keyword should, be on horsepowerhappenings.com by this time as well. Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series from East Bay back in action. High limit sprint cars will be rolling into town here within the next seven days to East Bay. And then late next week, if you're a sprint car fan in the Great Lakes region, you should be a sprint car fan at East Bay next week because, my goodness, are a lot of guys from this area going to East Bay for this year's King of the 360 Nationals. So uh, that's going to be huge next week at East Bay Raceway Park. As for racing coming up around here, well, uh, not a whole lot going on. You look to the St. Mary's River up by Sault Ste. Marie, and you ask yourself, Great Lake Sprints on ice. To quote Barry Marlowe, it might be on thin ice if uh, Mother Nature doesn't cooperate. Uh, around here, it's been feeling like early spring, and the groundhogs indicated that as well. So we'll see what happens and keep you posted there. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight's program. On behalf of Rich France, who is drinking umbrella drinks without me. Scott Mendelin, who pays the bills, uh, say thanks to Ryan Lanfeard and Jim Leisure for being on tonight's program. And say thanks so much to you for tuning in to another episode. We'll talk to you same time, same place next week right here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.